Hello and welcome to the podcast, What I Wish I Knew as an NQT slash ECT, with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our thoughts and experiences of what life can be like for a new teacher. Today, I'm joined by Marna Earl. Now prepare yourself, listeners, because you're about to have an eardrum sensation, because Marna is without doubt one of the greatest talkers I've ever met. And crikey, I thought I was enthusiastic, but I'm not a patch on Marna. She's got so much more than I have. Where does she get it from? I don't know, but I'm going to ask her in a minute. Marna, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon, Jeremy. Thank you for playing that down a little bit. That was Yeah, I did. I always give it a little (laughs) underplay. I don't like to sell people down the river too early. Yeah, um, yes, it's lovely. Thank you for having me. I feel privileged. I've been listening to your podcasts this year and um, it's it's really helped to get a realistic view of uh, what other people go through. Yeah, so good. I hope, hopefully I'll have the same effect and won't scare too many people off. <laughs> well, you won't, will you? Because I saw Mana teach recently. She's just finished her training and I saw her teach. God blimey, I, I, I never took the smile off my face from the moment I walked into her classroom. It was just the most engaging hour I've spent for ages. And I've spent quite a lot recently in some great classrooms. But but Mana has this ability, and I'm going to ask her about it in a second, to put everyone at ease, even visiting people who are meant to be watching her teaching to give her some tips and when oh. I talked to Mana, because Mana was seriously dynamic, and when I said, crikey, we packed a lot into that, she said <laughs> I wanted to show all my skills, and quite <laughs> right too. And crikey, she, I, I don't think she showed them all, but she <laughs> sure tried hard. So where does yes. this enthusiasm come from, Mana? You like this in every aspect of life. I think I am. Um, people who know me might find me tiring, uh, but it's. Um, I just think it's a zest for life that's happened. I mean, I, I grew up in Africa, and um, then in my twenties, got early twenties, got married and came to England. And I just had to. Um, I've always been adventurous and happy, just um, a go-getter, really. And um, to choose joy every day has kind of become my motto. Oh, stop, stop. I've said this a couple <laughs> of times on the podcast. We're going to finish there. Yeah. Yeah, we are, because you couldn't have said anything better than that, could you? To choose joy <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah, Just it's... listen to that again, folks. <laughs> to choose joy every day. That's what I say to my daughters, you know, when they're having a tough time. Yeah. Darling, find something good in life. Find something good. There is something good today. It might not feel like it, but find something because because yeah. there's always a little bit that you can hang on to. And you've just summed it up for us. <laughs> what, a, what a brilliant start. I, I, I would say the only way is downhill now, but <laughs> I'm sure it's you'll just, have some other things to say. Well, hopefully. It's just that, I mean, life is going to happen no matter what. You, you can sit and be depressed about the hand that you've been dealt but there's always somebody down the road that was dealt a different hand to you and their scenario looks even worse than yours so my mum always raised me saying um don't cry about the parcel you were given because somebody else's parcel might not be as nice as yours mm. and um and I've just always it's nobody's going to listen if you complain and, and no, they don't and, and if even, you're smiling sadly, if you're smiling, sadly, people even when, Sorry, we've just talked over each other <laughs> terrifically there. Go on, you carry on. 
yeah, that was going to happen. Um, if you if you keep smiling, people you gra- people gravitate towards you, and um, and I've, I've, I'm always the weird person who will smile to a stranger and say hello to people. And what was it? Was it like in Africa? Because I smile at loads of people endlessly. I'm just walking <laughs> down the road, and I say, "Morning, how are you?" Yeah, and they look uh, at me like I'm about to mug them. Yes. <laughs> And, okay. and in London, of course, I do that in London too. God blimey! Anyone yeah. would think I'd, I'd sort of just robbed their house rather than oh. smiled and and said welcome. So but, this was um, first week we came to England, and um, Ben Ben was he travelled a lot um, before we got married, and he was in England and accustomed to English culture. And I was just from a small town in South Africa. My first day to work, I came back and I said. Nobody says hello back in this country. And he said, No, you're not that person. Don't tell me you said hello to everybody you saw. And I said, Well, just some. Yeah, but and um, why shouldn't you? I go out from time to time with the, the staff of my last school, which I left now eight years ago. And they say that they said, Do you know the thing we loved about you? You always said hello. You always yep. made a point every morning of coming into every class and saying, hi, how are you all? Hope you're okay. And they said, and yet, even if we'd fallen out the day before, we just started again. We knew there would never be any grudges or, or any sort of miserable face or anything like that, and we'd just carry on. And they said that, that was just a lovely environment to work in. And I don't get why you don't do that, do you? Because you had your graduation only last week, didn't you? And uh, and I was talking to some of the heads there, and we all were saying that being a head teacher is is very difficult. But what's not very difficult is just saying morning, hi, how are you? All yes. okay? You need no skill, do you? Nothing. It, it doesn't. It doesn't take anything from you to. Um... And I just think that eye contact you can give to somebody sometimes mm. you can tell straight away where a person is if you just acknowledge them. Um, I think for me as well, I've always, um, I don't know if you remember the old film Patch Adams, um, Robin Williams, he played in um, played the character of pa- um, Patch Adams and he was, a, he was an actual doctor and uh, one of his quotes I like, um, it, we said, the reason adults should look as though they are having fun is to give kids a reason to want to grow up. And, um, oh God! Oh, like that's two. <laughs> we, we had choose joy. I'm just going to say that one again because, God yeah. blimey, we need plenty of that. Choose joy, and uh, the reason adults should smile a lot is because it gives children a reason to grow up. To want to grow up. Want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. If you make up, it though. look like fun, then uh, yeah. Yeah. Who wants to grow up? Ugh. I just want to be childish still and just do all the things that I have to do well, do those bits well, but the rest of the time be a child yes. because because of what you've just said, really, isn't it? That, yeah. that childhood approach to life where you find good things. And, it's, and you said it in one of your um, course days, which I really love that you acknowledged that um, on a course day was that awe and wonder. Mm. And you, you do want to see that in your lessons, but 
I really, I look for that in, in my everyday life. It's, yes. we, were, we were discussing the weather earlier today and I've seen a lot of people being very miserable about how warm it is. And I know some people might suffer um, and it might not be comfortable for them in the heat, but look at all the lovely things that we can do. Even if it's something as simple that your clothes are drying super fast <laughs> on the washing line. Hey, you're a woman all... after my wife's heart. <laughs> There's always something. In a few months, we'll be complaining about the cold. And yeah. then, so I, I just always feel like you've got to find something positive in everything you do. Um, and especially when you're working with other people, why would you want to leave somebody more miserable than the way you found them? Um, well, you, well, you wouldn't. And, and that's brilliant. When you're a head teacher, God, your, your staff are going to be lucky. Oh, dear. I don't know. Uh, that's not part of the plan, but if that happens... Well, no, don't have a plan. I'm I never had a plan. You the, only, <laughs> the only time I ever left schools was when people said, don't you think you ought to move on now? Oh. And and I don't think they were trying to get rid of me. I, th I think they thought, you know, career-wise, don't you think you should? I had an inspector say that once, not an Ofsted inspector, of course, because you know what I think of them, and I wouldn't listen to any of their advice. Though I'm sure, brackets, there must be some good ones out there somewhere, close brackets, but... Um, but this was, you know, the old local authority inspectors. And, and he said, are you going to move on? I said, why? And he said, well, you should, shouldn't you, really? You've got a lot of potential. You could be a great leader in a school. I said, who wants to do that? I'm just having so much fun. Why do I want to move? He said, well, don't move straight away then, but have a look round, see what's out there. He said, don't get too insular, you know, inward looking. And I had no plan ever of being ahead. I had no plan beyond the class I was teaching each each year uh, because there's enough there, isn't there, to sustain you forever. Yeah, and, and if you if you look for joy, you'll find it. And I think I see a lot of people who might be not not so happy in their careers. And and I don't think people realise how easy it is to change that. No. So if you're not happy, then find something that does make you happy you it, it's not a prison sentence you no can, absolutely you're so never you... too old to change career or pathway and never find what makes you happy never what never never no never crikey because i'm getting on a bit never no. i've got to find another career now then according to you all right well, well, you, it might be a hobby it's i have actually have my podcasting career. career is one year old <laughs> it's going this really is the well. last one for this year and uh, this school year, that is. And, uh, wow, I never thought I'd do this many. I thought I'd do it a couple of times. No one would listen and I'd give up. Not that I'm a very good giver-upper. I tend to keep going regardless. But, uh, but it's been another... so much fun. So tell me, how? what did you do before you started teaching? I know people won't mind me saying that. You don't look old, of course. No, you look very um, young. I turned but... 40 this year as well. It's been a it's been a midlife crisis year for me. Well, yay, I finally know what I want to do. Let's be teachers. Um, I've, um, yeah, we, how long have you got, Jeremy? <laughs> well, no, as long as you want. It's just interesting talking to you. You're so, very easy to listen to. Well, my mum so. was... My mum was a music teacher and my uncle was a teacher. So growing up, I was in the back of the music room, pacing up and down on the, on the you know, those old-fashioned um, choir. Um, I do, yeah. And I used to play all different types of games while my mum was teaching choir after school. And um, they, I think at some point I said, well, I know what I want to do one day. I want to be a teacher. And the whole family said no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's what... That's you what my mum said to, to me. <laughs> don't teach, son. 
no yes. one appreciates you, even though that's an utter lie because she's still appreciated now and she's 91. Yes, and um, they just said it's not a good time to enter teaching. It's not It's not what you think it is. And um, so I studied psychology and I always thought, well, if I do psychology, then I can do child psychology and I can still work with children because I just felt, I always felt like children were uncomplicated. They didn't have any... I find it easier to communicate with children than grown-ups um, because they they didn't have that many hang-ups, mm. if that makes sense. No, it does it, totally. It, it's, it, you're either ecstatically happy or you're sad because your balloon popped or your ice cream fell on the floor, but there's nothing you can't remedy because they they, they seek joy. And, um, yeah, um, you can remedy it so quickly with children, can't you? Whereas with exactly, adults, no, they exactly. hold on to the fact their blooming balloon has popped. You have to work much harder, don't you? Yes, definitely. Um, so I did my the, the degree and um, mar married my childhood sweetheart and came to England. And that was meant to be um, two years. And um, <laughs> and the two years turned into five and five years turned into six. And um, it's just how things worked out for us, really. And then we had children. And um, I used to work for Barristers Chambers near the High Courts of Justice. And oh, right, yeah. And um, and then when I, I fell pregnant with my first um, daughter, uh, going back, I just find it really hard to juggle um, the commute and dropping her off mm. at daycare. And I have had a friend, all my friends used to teach as well. And then I said, oh, I might do my QTS. And everybody said, don't do it. You don't want to be a teacher. Don't do it. And then I thought, okay, um, so maybe I'll be a childminder. So I registered as a childminder. Oh, good. And I did my level three early years in education and because I, I had my um, degrees fall back on. But I remember leaving the barrister chambers and one of the um, barristers said to me, if you ever do want to teach, um, I'm a governor in a school and I'll help you out. And, and it's just that one person who believes in you. Yeah. It just takes that one person to to say, yes, do it. Mm. And I thought, actually, I might actually do it one day. And so I thought it was going to be easy childminding and I'm going to do my QTS along the side. <laughs> that didn't happen. And um, <laughs> I childminded for 10 years and I spent uh, lovely years with my babies. I've got three healthy little girl, girls now, 14, 11 and 9. And, when that's um, fantastic, isn't it? That time seeing them grow up. Exactly. Oh, and hindsight, hindsight's a lovely thing because it wasn't easy. Um, it was lonely. Isn't, isn't there a phrase, though, that, that nothing worth doing is easy? Exactly, yes. I that know is that. true, isn't it? Yes. If you want to achieve, you know, for all you people out there who are umming and ahhing about being teachers, 100% do it. Yes. But don't there's expect a, it to be easy. Because everything, everything worth doing is hard work if you're going to do it well. There's another quote, the price of success is a lot less than the price of regret. Oh, nice. That's three now we've got. <laughs> because um, <laughs> I, I, it's, I always thought, oh, I regret I didn't do it. Or I wish I did do it. And always thought, mm, maybe I won't, maybe I will. And it's it, COVID pushed me into it really because I was I was a what I ended up working in a nursery um, when my second daughter went to preschool because um, it was really lonely being a childminder and um, 
I, I started finding it difficult to um, to keep motivated because mm. it was all down to you and your your paperwork and Ofsted's on you and um, and I craved adult interaction. Well, it's so just I'm nice, all... isn't it? It's nice to it's nice to share the joys and it's nice yeah. to share the difficulties, and it's yes. just nice having adult interaction, much as we love children. And I guess also I, I wanted to, uh, I had ambition and I wanted to aspire to something to do something for myself and um, so I worked at a nursery and you've interviewed Lucy um, before so Lucy and I met in that nursery because we worked together for I think about a year as, as earlier pr practitioner mm. she was the senko in the nursery and then when she left to go work as a play worker in hospital she handed over to me and I became the senko of the nursery and um, I spent a lovely time there um, worked really hard I've, I've learned so so much um, then we decided to buy a house in Essex and we moved this way and there was there just wasn't any jobs going anywhere, and the no. only thing and only thing I could find was a, a preschool who was offering to train me up as a forest school leader. And being South African and adventurous and carpe diem, seeing the seizing the moment, I just thought, yeah, why not? And I trained up as a forest school leader, and I did that for two years. And of course, the weather was rotten. Of course, <laughs> and, and it rained. Well, and, and hallelujah day. for that. <laughs> and um then COVID struck and um while we were on furlough I had to think of something different and I applied for a job at a nursery to become a nursery manager and it didn't work out logistically around the kids and I was really sad um I was very down in the dumps because I felt like it's never going to happen for me so I went online that's, and I, bought... that's, I mean, I'm just sorry to interrupt you there. We'll come <laughs> back fine. to you going online. Yeah. But that's quite interesting, isn't it? Here is the most positive person in the world <laughs> saying to herself, it's not going to happen for me. Yes. But then I went online and I bought myself a badge off eBay and it says Mana Earl Manager. <laughs> nice. I bought, I bought myself a badge because I thought I can't have this job now, but I'm the manager of my household. And and that's enough. And, and well, absolutely. And the point and there is always, isn't it? On my dressing table. Have you? Nice. We <laughs> have disappointments, morning. don't we? We yeah. we have disappointments in life, and yeah. and the mark of a person is not that they don't have disappointments because everyone does, and sometimes they're huge disappointments. But it's how we respond to them, isn't it? Yes, and um, so I I spoke to the school. Um, I just had bumped into the head, and she said, "Oh, you were Senko, weren't you?" And there was a one-to-one -one for a little girl um, in reception, and I took that role on after lockdown. And while I was at one-to-one in this reception classroom, I just still had that hunger, and I and I and I and, and I saw the teacher, and she's brilliant. My first mentor, Molly Molly Summers. She's just. She just makes it look easy, and um, and all I, the best people do, don't they? Yes. <laughs> when you've got great skills that are just yeah. at your fingertips, it looks easy, yeah. and and anyone thinks they can do it until they have to stand up and do it. Yes, but I've I've been lucky that I've worked so hard in my life to know that it wasn't. It just she just made me want to do it more, and then I I said to her, mm, I'm thinking about qualifying to be a teacher and she said you know the school does skit do you want to talk to me a bit more 
And the week after I registered, and I was still doubting myself a lot. I think Louise had about three or four phone calls from me because I think I've been told my whole life, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But I wanted to. And being in the front of that classroom and, and seeing children, that, that moment when they get something, when there's a joy or a moment where I'm, they're a, like, I'm amazed I, I that you still I'm amazed that you still doubted yourself three or four times after you thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. Because watching you in the classroom, you are as natural a teacher as I've ever seen. Oh, well, Ever. wow. Thank you. And and it that looks might, like you're born. <laughs> you've been born to that position yeah. because there are, you can learn to be a good teacher. You can learn to be a very good teacher. I'm not sure you can learn to be a brilliant teacher. And, and I think that you'll be a brilliant teacher because oh, wow. you, you just are so passionate about what you do and it just comes over. And all the bits that, because all of us have bits to work on, don't we? All the bits that you need to work on are bits you can learn so easily. But I'm so glad that I have bits to work on. Well, everyone can... does. Anyone who tells you they don't is a liar. Exactly. Because, because the job's much too difficult to not have bits to work on. Yeah. I, I do love a bit of a quote, Jeremy. And I'm, I'm, hey, I'm point... impressed because I won't have to think of it. Normally, um, as we talk, I'm normally trawling my brain for things I remember that people might have said once because I'm a bit of a fan of a quote too. But I, I won't bother today because you. you've got them all. <laughs> I came across this one. Um, students don't need to be... Uh, sorry, students don't need a perfect teacher. Um, they need a happy teacher. <laughs> Um, who's going to make them excited to come into school so they can grow and learn. And I found that I followed this group, Illuminating Care. It's American, but to be fair, it's really good because it's about the pedagogy of practising care. Yeah. Because um, in America, they, 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 they were really teaching, 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 schooling, 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 and forgot that we need to care no, as well. No, they did. I once got um, offered a job in America. My brother was actually a, a doctor in, in one of the big Washington hospitals, and I went over, and, and the lady he was lodging with was a school secretary. And yeah. she said, Jeremy, you must come into my school. <laughs> I think you're just the sort of person we're looking for. So I went into <laughs> Why a, didn't you, Jeremy? <laughs> well, because I was employed in England, and it was the Easter holidays, and I had yeah. to go back. Yeah, that... <laughs> to my class in England, it would oh, have been that... most unfair to disappear and leave Latchingdon, the little village <laughs> out on the east coast, oh. for uh, Washington DC. But um, yeah, that's a that's a whole different world, isn't but, it? But it was what what you said was very true. It was it was very much an instructional education, and and there wasn't a lot of love of changing. children. I, yeah, I, I I love reading. Um, I mean. I love reading and listening to podcasts like um, there's, there's a, uh, the High Performance Podcast had a big focus on fault and responsibility and that, mm. that motivates me as well because I feel like things can happen to you and it could be either your fault or somebody else's fault but it's not about the fault, it's about the responsibility. Absolutely. Are you going to take responsibility for it or not? So who's going to take responsibility? Are we going to blame other people for your circumstances or who's responsible for you? Yeah, don't waste your time with blame. It's pointless, isn't it? I remember exactly. once one of my teachers said to me, why do you get paid so much more than me? And I said, because you mess it up and I sort it out <laughs> and I take the blame. 
and, and she said oh yeah that's fair enough actually yeah, isn't it? because yeah. you have to sort quite a lot of things out don't you not because my staff weren't great but parents can be a bit pernickety can't they and and you know and I used to say to them I will hold you to account to my staff but I'll always get you out of trouble as long as you haven't done anything too bad and I, I have sack teachers take no pleasure in it but when they harmed children and when it yeah. was a safeguarding yes. issue then you just can't excuse that can you I can excuse mistakes of all sorts of things I, I used to say to my do. staff I don't yeah. care how bad you are as long as you want to get better I said that when yeah. the school that was in the bottom five percent when I became head I said I don't care how bad we are at the moment as long as we're all striving to get better that will do for me because in a term's time we'll be doing good enough work and we were of course because the people who stayed some left the people who stayed really wanted to improve and they did i didn't expect you to touch on 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 that but that's something that i've always felt like working in nurseries and um and earlier settings um you sometimes do see people who who are who aren't happy and who, don't, who don't want to be there anymore and they're just doing doing it for the hours or, or or not believing in themselves to do something else and I just I just always feel like oh you want to get the message out to people but if you're going to find more joy working in in Tesco's or as a nail technician or whatever absolutely else, whatever else fires that um ignites that fire in you go mm. do that and what, what you said what? about responsibility exactly. I used to think as a head teacher one of my responsibilities was to help people find things they wanted to do if it was obvious they didn't want to teach yes and yeah, uh, and, and, and I I'm just so privileged to finally do what I want to do and what makes me happy and, Absolutely, and, some... and crikey, it makes you look happy. So, <laughs> so tell us now, tell us now some of the things that that were most useful that you learned during your your years training. Because you come, and I think this is a huge benefit. You come with loads of experiences pre-teaching, and I think that really helps anyone because it gives you a perspective that is very different to the average teacher who maybe comes not the average teacher, ridiculous phrase, um, the teacher who comes out of school into college, into back into school. Yeah. You come with a very different perspective when you've done lots of other things and had lots of life struggles before you become a teacher. So so tell me now, give us some of your, uh, your little nuggets of learning. <laughs> so um, when I, I remember we spoke to the new skit students the other day and I remember sitting in that same hall and they said, what do you think is going to be the biggest barrier for you for the next year? And I thought it's because I've got knowledge in teaching or I've been in childcare before because it's sometimes difficult to hear there's a different way of doing things or yes. you feel like I'm trusted with this method and somebody says, no, you're doing it wrong. It's like, it's like having a, a chef over in your kitchen and you're telling him, no, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you should look at it this way. So I was really worried about that. But then I, I do feel like you've, the biggest message for me this year is, and, I, and thankfully I identified that on that day because I knew I had to be teachable. I had yeah. to be able oh, to Oh, listen. lovely phrase. Because <laughs> we all have to be teachable, don't we? Yes. It doesn't you, matter what position you're in. In any occupation, 
um, but definitely teaching. Teachers have to be teachable. I wrote a reference today for someone who used to work in my school. And one of the questions it wanted answering was, how open are they to new ideas? How open are they to, to develop particular different ways of working? And, and of course, in, in school, we were, we were always passionate about coming up with better ideas and endless action research. I loved my teachers to say, I've been trying this for a couple of months and I'd like to share it with the staff. That was such an exciting moment. Yeah. Because then you've got this this sort of juggernaut of a school moving forwards and, exactly. and can't be stopped when people have that attitude. And also it gives you that confidence in what you're doing because sometimes you come, become complacent without noticing. And then if you are open to new suggestions and how exciting is that to keep mm. learning? Um, because Seneca said um, you should keep learning to the end of your life. And I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, totally. Otherwise it gets boring. Yeah, because you're just going to do the same thing every day. Um, Guess what I've learned to do today? Uh, I've learned to water a cricket wicket <laughs> because the groundsman at my cricket club is in Greece. Oh, and he wow. Said, he said, Jez, can you, can, you, uh, can you water the wickets this week because the, just... we have a specialist groundsman come in on a Tuesday morning and he said, uh, we need to make sure the wickets are water just the right amount so when he comes and works on them on Tuesday it's uh it's in just the right condition so I said oh, yeah no I didn't problem knew that was a thing <laughs> no I said no but problem. now I know I've learned something exactly so <laughs> I said what do you do and he said well you know that I said no I don't where is it he said well it's there and he said you know how to access the water no I don't he said well it's under a manhole next to the square which I'd never noticed and uh <laughs> So there I was this morning at eight o'clock, watering the wickets, just the right amount, watering the seagulls who'd come to sit, oh, on the, wow. sit in the spray. Yeah, but that's, that's the beauty of it, you know, more than you did yesterday. Exactly, and that's so exciting. I felt quite proud, you know, and all I'd done was turn the tap on, really, but, yeah. but I thought, I've done a good job there. But that's what you want children to feel in your classroom mm. as well. If, even if it's something as simple as being able to do their buttons up by themselves. Totally. That should be such a big celebration. It's not on the curriculum, but, man, it matters. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it and, matters so and much. And like you say, if you find anything that you can praise, genuinely authentic praise you can give yes. children, it makes them feel better and it rubs off in everything they do. And if you can find anything at all and praise them for it because they deserve praise because it's something they can now do that they couldn't do before, that will impact everything, won't it? They'll but see themselves as achievers. celebrate that in yourself. I think that's the thing this year was celebrating it in myself because coming into um, teacher training with experience and, and knowing that I am a bit older than the other students and I might find constructive criticism a bit harder to take, um, I, I was mindful of that. Um, and thankfully don't, don't you think though don't you think that's the step you have to take yeah. I'm aware that I might not like being criticized yes and, and being mindful of your shortcomings or things absolutely that you might find but difficult. I'm but I'm gonna take on board yeah. whatever anyone says you know when I taught that model lesson at the end of end of the course yes. for you to all critique I'm, I'm, I'm there wasn't teaching. a lot of critique, but yes. Well, no, there, there, well, there was enough, but it's like anything, isn't it? There's always something you could do better. There and is. I sort of 
make myself aware. They're going to find something because there always is something. And that's how I went into this yeah. year because I felt like, yes, I wanted to impress um, anybody who observed me or anything like that, but I also wanted to enjoy teaching. Mm. And if I was worried too much about impressing the person standing there with a clipboard looking at me, I'm not going to have fun with this and I'm not going to show to them that this is what I want to do. Um, because I, it's that it's that ratio of 80% hard work, 20% talent. If you've got if you've got 80% talent, but you're only giving 20% of hard work, you're not gonna crack it. Not at all. Um, but we see if, that in sport. I know you're quite sporty, but we see that in sport, don't we? The yes. moment, the moment these massively talented players don't apply themselves properly they don't perform at the level required. Exactly. So I had to work hard this year. I really had to work hard. I Every morning, um, but once again, I'm blessed with a, a lovely husband who loves um, uh, listening to podcasts. Too. We're always trying to better ourselves in that way. And, and he said, well, what we need to do is you need time to focus on doing the work. And when are you going to have this time? And so I got up every morning at 5 a.m., Every morning at 5am I got up and we had a coffee together. And it was something as simple as just starting the day right. Yeah. As the right person. And, and part of me couldn't settle down for the first few minutes. I'll be sitting there playing with twiddling my thumbs and being impatient. <laughs> like, I've got an assignment to write. I can't sit here and make chit-chat. But, but being able to slow down and stop yourself and just just you need that and sometimes you need somebody to tell you to do that yeah to, and someone to sit there with you as you yeah, do it it's exactly. nice it is because, because then it makes you sit there because i'm not just a student i'm i'm not just the teacher i am i'm also a wife i'm also a mum i'm also a person who deserves somebody's company and yeah and you're and a member of a family there are so yep. many aren't there because this applies to everyone doesn't it yeah. Whether you're a 21-year-old about to start teaching or a 51-year-old about to start teaching, then this applies to everyone. We, we all need something, and this is a really important message to give to people who are taking on their first job in September and also people who are starting to train in September. You've got to find time for yourself as yeah. a human being within, and within the environment that you live. It feels selfish, but it's the best thing you can do. And because and it's I, not, is it? It's it not might at feel all. it, but, it, no. but if you don't do it, you will not be as good in school. Because you feel like, oh, I'm wasting value, valuable mm. time. I should be working. But will you work that hard or will you be that efficient in your hard well, work? Well, you're, you're going to burn if yourself you know. out, aren't you? If exactly. you don't have those moments where you say, I just give myself now to my life beyond school and I do it without any feeling of guilt, and I do it quite happily, that's what we need, isn't it? Because there is. It's a great job. It's a wonderful job. It's a job that takes you over completely 100%, but it's still only a job. 
Exactly. And I think that was the beautiful thing of having those two hours and uninterrupted hours in the morning to make sure I, I got a head start on assignments or um, started tying up lessons planning that I was thinking about or notes that I was writing. Even if I didn't have anything to do that day, anything on schedule, I would use those two hours constructively mm. because then I knew I could have a guilt-free afternoon and I can have a sacred weekend with my family where I don't have to worry about oh, I've got to do this assignment or because no, I know right. come Monday morning I've got two hours before the day's even started to sort myself out and it just gave me that peace of mind that there is time to do this you yeah and just find the time you want to yeah. do it I know someone some I people won't to, want like 5am but <laughs> yeah I spoke to someone recently and they and they said it doesn't matter if you do it first thing in the morning it doesn't matter if you do it last thing at night whatever works for you but just make sure that you have that time for yourself built in yeah and so when you work is up to you if you stay late at school I was always someone who stayed late at school that's how I like to do it so I got in not late but I always stayed late and got everything done so I knew I was all prepared for the next day and so I didn't anything have... can happen in the next morning on the way to totally school. totally <laughs> Tell us something else. We haven't got all that much more time because as ever, oh, okay. <laughs> time flies away. What else have you got to tell us that, that you think has been a great learning thing for the year? Well, if you can't do great things, do small things in great ways. Mm. And um, it's if I, if I can't get a lot done, um, um, if, or then make sure what I get done is of good quality so that I could use that um, whether it's coursework, whether it's time with my children. Um, if if I, I wasn't the perfect mum at mum the last year. But no one's was, perfect. It but when I was exist. there for them, I was there 100%. And yeah, it's but perfect doesn't with, exist, does it? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. exist in mumness. And it's it doesn't exist that. in teaching. And, 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 ta and being kind to yourself in that yes. way. They, um, I've learned so much from the people who were on the course with me, Jeremy. I mean, the, the first week, there's this lovely person, and I'm just going to say her first name. She'll know who she is. <laughs> but Natasha has um, um, been an inspiration, silent inspiration, because she's she really takes care of herself, and she's just this vision of fitness. And I don't know if I'll ever look as lovely as she does, but it was so nice to see somebody making time for themselves and thinking, yeah. yeah where does I'm loveliness come one. from, though? Where does loveliness come from? I'm going to say now, I'm going to embarrass you. You're lovely. You <laughs> look lovely because it comes from your soul. It comes from your spirit. It comes from okay. your eyes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeremy. I know you're massively <laughs> smiley as well. Yeah. And and but But that's where it comes from. It comes from your soul, doesn't it? Yeah. People who are good people, who make you feel good yourselves, they're the people who are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was blessed that there was enough people on the course with me who were exactly that on mm. days that was days that was hard. And, and some days you don't want to tell people that you're struggling or it's not going that well. But then somebody else might be having a hard day. And then you realise, oh, if I've only voiced that... And, and it's, and it's empowering, way. isn't it? If it you is say, empowering to know If you that. say, I'm having a bad time, it's yeah. empowering for you and it's empowering for others because they say, well, actually, I am too. But it's and also so it's, that balance between fault and responsibility. Are yeah. you going to sit and wallow in self-pity 
like, oh, it's so hard for me. How am I going to cope? Or are you going to take res- say it, voice it, and take responsibility of how am I going to deal yeah. with this? And how it's how the song goes. Group one, such fun, like to laugh throughout the day. Caring, yes. sharing, <laughs> what they learnt, it's hard to say. Da, da, da. And That's the cake, it. don't forget the cake. We always made sure we had good snacks. You did? On, on good, yeah, and even when they said, no, these no funds for biscuits, oh, we we all clubbed in and... Um, Oh, Zoe was amazing. Zoe always made sure there was enough to- coffee and tea and yeah. that got us through. Yeah. No, it was great. We've a really good group and we, we I think and I hope that people who do the skit course in the future will and I'm sure they will find the same camaraderie and together. That's what you've group. got to do. But but think, everyone has to realise that together we're stronger. That's an old cliche, but crikey, it's true. I didn't know what the word metacognition really meant when I started this course, but I can I've I've used that as one of the topics in my English assignment and it's just amazing when I look back at metacognition and how all the tutors have, I don't know if you intended to, and I'm hoping you did, but looking back on the course days, it's just wonderful how it's metacognition happened organically through from that first course day of questioning and making notes on everything and being really careful and then drip feeding and giving us the confidence to believe in ourselves and taking that knowledge on board and using the knowledge you've been giving us and then that lovely debate of what have you learned and then give it back to you and I think the course does that really really well yeah I think it does and and we never called it metacognition of course when I I was when I started (laughs) teaching but but if I can help you this was the basis for all my teaching If I can help you to understand how you're learning and how you can best use your talents as a learner, then I'm going to get the best from you. It isn't about rote producing information. It's about you being really aware about the skills you're using and how you learn best and what you've got to do to produce your best, whatever it is you're doing. Then then the power of that is immense, isn't it? Yep, and it wasn't just the lectures where you would sit in and feel like oh I really got other things to go to do because it was really constructive you were we were really learning as we went went on I felt like um that was done really well and 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 all the tutors modeled really well um on your course day specifically when you have your little recap of the last what, what we love recap don't we Rose and Shine's <laughs> principles, even yes. though we did it long before yes. Rose and Shine ever yeah, packaged we did them up. Yeah, right. But it's that it's because you do it on the course days that you you get it why it mm. works because it's done to you on your course days. Absolutely. So well, it works. Why would you use it in the classroom? Yeah, it's yeah. not just done for the children, is it? All of us right. as learners need to recap stuff. Exactly. Those, those, that, that, those, all those principles are just about. This is what helps people to learn. That's why we're doing it. Yes. And why should it be any different if you're forty or four? Exactly. And it's lovely to now go stand in front of a classroom, and I hope that I will remember this. That um, is that Maslow's as well. If you want to think about Maslow, if you're not in the right. If yep. things aren't in the right order, then you won't learn. So I have no. to look at 
what needs are being met and um absolutely yeah. and and it's why i mean going right back to where we started when you talked about caring and the importance of yes, caring for the it. children exactly in your that. in in your class well if you don't do that you can never get the best out of them it's mm -hmm. it's where government policy never understands the process of learning ever never even gets close to it because it thinks it's it's instructional knowledge but how people ever develop that understanding and knowledge they don't get at all mm. and when you nurture people so that they are confident and willing to do anything i'll do anything for you mr crook i'll do anything for <laughs> yeah. you mrs earl oh and and children genuinely will it's when it's when you've created that environment where they know you care for them Yep. And then you can. You can challenge them outrageously and demand the most extreme things of them and they'll still have a go and they'll be successful more times than not. Yep. Go on then, give us one more. Last, oh, I was going to say humble oh, God, people. You can give us two quick ones if you like. Humble people are always learning because they are open to correction. If you stay humble and 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 be kind to yourself i think i said that already but if you stay humble and be kind to yourself then you'll be open to correction and um it'll be easier for you to take things on board and also confident enough to th say i take that on board but that wouldn't have worked right here and I, what i found really useful is the reflections and I, I have to say when we started this course i thought what a waste of time i'm not going to write a diary every day who's got time for that i'm not going to write a reflection about every lesson or this is that and um i've now become such a reflective person with yeah. regards to my practice and teaching that um i'm thankful that you've made that very clear from the start in the course because if you don't, if you're not humble enough to reflect and be truthful, that didn't go that well. What could I have done better? Mm. Or, or say to yourself, that was marvellous. Wow, I smashed that. But yeah. always look at what can I improve on? Always learn, push yourself to, do, to learn more. And the reflections did that for me. I think I found the first few course days really hard. I couldn't. It was a lot of information for me to process and I started doodling and I've got sketches of all of you tutors, very terrible comic book sketches of all, all of you, but I'm going to keep it and one day... I'll you ought to copy it and send it to me. <laughs> I'll put it in next year's course book. Yes, do that. <laughs> no, do but, send um, them to me. But it was just, it was just easier for me to listen and make notes and then when I had to use that information, this might not be everybody's strategy, but... What I'm trying to say is find the way you learn because we all don't think that because the person next to you has a notebook and or the, the other person has a laptop and the one's typing away, you should be typing away on your laptop as well. You need to find what works for you when you're learning. And for me, um, oh, I've got them here. I've got about five filled notebooks full of sketches. And um, if I remember a certain course day, I can think, ah. Oh, I did that sketch for dual coding. Dual coding, I had two fence, two people fencing. And yes, remember that your when you're way. teaching children. And These children classrooms where you go way. in and they say, all sit straight, all do this. No one fiddle, no one do this, no one do that. And you think, well, you've just shut down about half the children because actually some of them need to fiddle with something. Yep. Because then they listen better. And then your skill as the teacher is to say, are they actually listening better or are they not? 
And if they're not, I'll tell them to find something else to do or I'll tell them to stop. But I'm not going to stop them just because maybe it doesn't look so good if people are fiddling when I'm talking. I've learned through um, when I was a Senko, but also personally, my my middle daughter's um, autistic. And I remember when she was a toddler, we used to say to her all the time, look into my eyes, look into my eyes when I'm talking to you, look into my eyes. And I regret doing that as a parent, but then we were oblivious. That Yeah, but you didn't know. Never didn't regret know. the things where you didn't know. Yeah, Only regret now... <laughs> when you did it deliberately and you knew. <laughs> but now I... I do realise that some people won't necessarily listen if they give you eye contact. No. And I don't and, and I do know that that's some or most classroom rules of sitting with your legs crossed, looking to, uh, eyes on me, one, two, three, and all of that. But realising that sometimes somebody might need something and, and might not want to look at you while they're listening mm. and they'll listen better. That's and, so uh, true. Yeah. So true. Marna, we've got to stop there. I'm going yeah. I'm going to give you a quote it's not a quote actually but it's a it's a sort of half remembered thing that Henry Ford said Oh yeah and he said something like enthusiasm is the thing that makes your hope shine to the stars oh, it's wow. the sparkle in your eyes the way you walk the grip of your hand the surge of energy so that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Sorry, Henry Ford, that's a terrible mashup of what you actually <laughs> said. I'm going to look that up and use that. Thank yeah, you. but it does, it is the right, that sort of got the gist of what he said. And that's what you bring. That's definitely what you bring, but it's what great teachers bring, isn't it? It's that belief that anything's possible. And I think magpieing, because I've, I've learned through seeing other people's greatness, you've got to... Look, look what you can learn from other people. And oh, I think 100%. I can't take any credit for anything I do because I've magpied. No, you can career. because you've taken it and <laughs> made it your own. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's what we all do, isn't it? Yeah. You make it, you fit it into your personality. So it's not the same as what someone else did. I, it irritated me at first, magpie, and I thought, what an irritating phrase. It's just copying. But then I realised, no, it isn't. Yes. Because it's, it's when you take something on board yourself, isn't it? Well, I'm ah, grateful for so what I much. could magpie from you, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> well, I can magpie from you. I'm going to keep my enthusiasm right up there. That's because, it. Wow. Uh, yeah, and when I'm, when I'm starting to flag, I'm going to think of you, and then it's going right up again. Oh. So uh, thank you so much for uh, today. For that That is every bit as inspiring as I thought it would be. And crikey, I'm pumped up now. What am I going to do tonight? I'll have to go and find something exciting to do because I'm full of enthusiasm. Oh. So, listeners, is there something that Marna has said that's made you think about something new? Or even at, right at the end of term when you're crawling along to the finishing line has made you think, yeah, but I'm going to be up there ready for it again in September. I do hope so. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app We'll keep you updated on what's to come on the podcast on Twitter at WhatNQT. Well, I look forward to being with you in September now for another thought-provoking educational chat. And we'll think of Mana as she's starting her true teaching career in September with her new class. And uh, cool, lucky children. You're going <laughs> to smash it, Mana. It's going to be awesome. So uh, can't wait to hear your news. 
But until then, I'm Jeremy Crook, and this has been the latest podcast from What I Wish I Knew as an NQT slash ECD.